Now that USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten, what might the future look like for Oregon football? Are they destined to leave? Could they stay? We'll discuss that with Max Torres of SI. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you are listening to or watching the show. Thank you to everybody out there who has done so already. This episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So information and opinions and rumors and speculation and theories are about. And so I thought that I might bring in uh, another outside voice here to, to get some perspective on all this craziness. His name is Max Torres. He's the host of the Ducks Dish podcast. He covers Oregon for SI at M Torres Sports is the Twitter handle. You follow him over there, but you get to hear from him today. And, uh, you know, Max, we, we were going to record this episode on Wednesday or Tuesday and we kept pushing it back and then it was going to be Friday and we were going to talk about just you know regular boring old recruiting talk I mean gosh who 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 cares about that anymore and then uh, we waited a day and gee whiz uh, a significant piece of news dropped so uh, let's just hop right into it here when you saw that it was real and it is that USC and UCLA it has been approved by the Big Ten and the schools announced it on their official Twitter accounts they're going. Uh, they're going conference hopping. They've entered the uh, the conference transfer portal, so to speak. So when you first saw that happen, what what did you think? It was nuts. I mean, that 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 first tweet broke from from Wilner, uh, and then I was like, man, this really has some legs to it. Obviously, like it sounds like it could legitimately happen. And then you kind of start swirling swirling around the scenarios in your head, and then. Maybe I was just surprised like by how quickly it came together. Obviously, it had been in the works for a while. So a move this big doesn't just happen in one day. Like they had definitely been talking behind the scenes and, and what have you. But it's just huge, man. I, th- I think now more than ever, as if you needed more reason to believe that that college football is is being driven by money, uh, you just get another reminder there in your newsfeed with this massive bombshell of of a news drop. Um, but it, it, it makes a lot of sense. I think uh, it's it's definitely a response to the SEC adding Oklahoma and Texas a year ago by the Big Ten. The Big Ten, I think, has has had the case and pretty much been viewed as the the number two uh, conference to to the SEC. If we're especially if we're looking at college football, but perhaps even overall uh, athletic excellence in, in the NCAA. So. I think it's a huge move to, to get the two LA schools. Uh, the Big Ten can definitely have that uh, national brand now, national reach, uh, since they literally are going to have two schools uh, that are now out on the West Coast. So it's a uh, it's a huge thing that I'm still just kind of processing. Um, obviously, it's it's coming off as as a death blow to the Pac-12. It's kind of what I'm calling it. I don't really know how you can view it any other way. Uh, just looking at what teams could potentially be available or be viewed as solutions. It just, none of them seem to quite move that needle. So I'm sure we'll get into that, but it's just wild, man. I, I think it's uh, it's definitely one of the most significant pieces of news in college football that we've gotten in a long time. And, and it's going to go a long, long way 
and shaping the future of college football and, and college athletics. The geography of it is something that I find to be arguably the most fascinating component because we've seen conference realignment before and Texas, Oklahoma leaving the big 12, that that's a big deal. I'm not trying to undersell the significance of that, but Texas is on the Southern border of the United States for the Southeastern conference. It is adjacent geographically for those of us who haven't looked at a map of the United States in far too long to Louisiana, where where you've got LSU and then Oklahoma, of course, with the panhandle is sitting right on top of the Lone Star State. So that at least made some sense, even though, again, it was clearly a money play because from a football perspective, I don't know why Texas, as they're trying to rebuild, would would, would want to try to do that in the SEC. Oklahoma has gotten to the, the college football playoffs several times, so they, they don't need to go anywhere to win a national championship, but more money is available because you look at the revenue distribution from media rights deals that come from conferences, it is much more significant in uh, in the SEC and the Big Ten than in every other conference, even more so in the Big 12. It's actually Big Ten number one at about $57 million. It's uh, SEC number two at $54 million. And then Big 12 is just over 40 the Pac-12 at 34 and then the SC, or the ACC, rather, at about 31 So that's where it comes from. But the geography of this, as I was saying, was just so shocking because in a couple of years, Los Angeles is going to be a Big Ten city. Los Angeles is a Big Ten football city now. It doesn't sound right, and we're not even getting to basketball because football is right around the corner, and that's what's driving the bus here primarily, of course. But that that's kind of the sense that I get as to why it's more impactful and feels bigger than previous conference realignments because you are looking at a conference in the Big Ten that is not trying to limit itself to a geographical footprint. USC and UCLA might not be as big a brands combined as Oklahoma and Texas. They're probably not. I mean, USC's in there, but I think UCLA is a, a step below all of them. But the fact that the Big Ten is willing to just go anywhere nationally and say, yeah, we want these two schools to be a part of our conference, it's it's why there's, I, I think, such a more pronounced feeling of a seismic shift in, in college football. Yeah, and I like the the geography point too in, in this conversation, Spencer, because it's obviously no secret that you have to travel. College athletes have had to travel, uh, you know, I don't know since planes were invented or since you know they they took buses, what have you. But I think I'm thinking more about schools, or sorry, sports that uh, athletes that aren't playing football because football is is not that hard of a deal, right? You hop on a plane, you know, midweek or Thursday, and you get in and you have time to kind of get settled and everything. But some of these other sports that that play multiple games a week, or they're going to have these long road trips, like, it's going to be tough, I think, for, for a lot of these students, um, you know, perhaps even academically, right? Because they are student athletes, although it feels like that word is losing a little bit more of its punch, you know, every year, uh, at, especially with college football, as more and more money uh, is, is entering the picture. But yeah, I, I can't help but feel for, for some of these uh, other student athletes playing other sports, they're going to have to to juggle academics with with all the traveling, and then just on top of the the wear and tear of whatever their particular sport is. So I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic to monitor here, particularly with teams coming all the way out to the West Coast, like you know Rutgers playing at USC or UCLA, or, or vice versa. 
Um, so I can, you can definitely see the, the benefits for the, the big 10 in terms of that national reach now, but I don't think it's going to be without its challenges. Um, but again, with all the money at play, it's something that is very viable. Um, and, and I think it's, um, I don't know what, what was I, what else was I going to say on that point? Um, yeah, I don't, I, I think that's pretty much all I was going to say on the geography. It's just, it's, it's going to present more challenges and, and probably just more unique elements that, that we really haven't had to deal with. Yeah. Football is once a week, but a baseball series is three games a week. And, you know, a baseball game, not as physically taxing as a football one or, or neither as basketball, but playing more of them, it starts to add up. And then the, the amount of time you have to spend on the road. I mean, can you imagine, you know, let's, let's look at it from a basketball perspective, because that's the next biggest point. UCLA has to go and, and play what Ohio State and Michigan on, on a road trip swing. That's so much travel. I mean, you're adding many more hours and over the course of a season, right? I, it isolated in a vacuum each trip is not going to wear these, uh, these student athletes out. I mean, they're in really good shape, but over the course of a season, I, I just imagine that has to wear you down at, at some point more than, than it was uh, previously going to. When you look at the travel schedule that you have w- within the PAC 12, there are a lot of different ways uh, to look at this story. It's a lot like a Hydra, you know, you cut off one one head and you cover that angle of the story and two more take its place. And you realize, oh, what about this? What about that? Which means we've got more to get to with Max Torres. But we got to tell you, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's playoffs and Major League Baseball, NHL playoffs. That is, you were able to bet that. Now you bet Major League Baseball. Go Mariners, as always. Max will probably require me to say go Giants here. Uh, so we'll we'll give we'll give the Giants a little bit of love as well. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And it's the fastest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and my personal favorite golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So with USC and UCLA leaving. The question and the rumors are already flying around, and heck, this is Monday's episode of the podcast, Max. We are recording ahead of time on Friday. By the time you're listening to this, more things might have changed. I mean, honestly, it's a little bit risky for us to do it ahead of time, but you know what? That's just when our schedules are working out because we've both got uh, plans for the fourth to travel, so we're, we're doing the best that we possibly can. So excuses if there's some new information here, but Oregon has been tied to the Big Ten, in that, you know, people are, are speculating, are they next? Are they going to go with Washington? It does feel a little strange. We're talking about the, the amount of travel that would be involved. It would make more sense if USC and UCLA had, I mean, they, they make sense going as a pair, both from a TV market perspective and a, a geographical travel partner perspective as well. But if you were able to get two more West Coast teams like Oregon and Washington or Oregon and Utah, but Oregon and Washington might make a little bit more sense because of the history between those two programs. That would make it seem a little bit more logical uh, or, or at least a little bit more feasible from a logistical standpoint. Do you think there's, and, and at this time, Oregon has not officially made a comment one way or the other. It's been, there's nothing to, to comment on at this time. So to me, that pretty clearly indicates 
they're looking at it, they're thinking about it, and, and trying to get an understanding of, of what the landscape might look like for them. So do you think Oregon and Washington will eventually move conferences, potentially the Big Ten? That's, of course, where, where you would look first. But uh, do, you, do you think they will, and do you think they should? Two different questions. Yeah, that I, I I think back to what you were saying about the the Hydra comparison for this because there are so many directions that you can go with this uh, because it is that big of a, you know a shift in, in college football. But to kind of dive into that first part of the question about do I think that Oregon and Washington are going to end up doing that? It definitely seems like the most likely outcome right now. But at the same time, this could take a total turn, and maybe only one of them. Uh, goes and it feels like Oregon is is the more likely one as it stands right now because uh, obviously the media market is is a huge part of the conversation and and Seattle would probably have Oregon be I would say uh, as far or Eugene rather just because Eugene isn't that big of a town but at the same time it feels like Oregon has a larger national reach and a larger brand if we're just looking at the remaining teams in the Pac-12 if you take out USC and uh, UCLA but. At the same time, it makes sense to pair those two, right? Not only because of the rivalry, but because of the location. Um, and I think that that probably makes the most sense for, for the Big Ten. But I think another route that's interesting and maybe should get some consideration is at least conversation is the independent route. Um, I'm not saying that that's ideal necessarily for, for Oregon, but um, they, they do have a tremendous amount of resources and like I said, they have that national reach. And I think that the independent route could give them a little bit more flexibility with their scheduling. They could kind of handpick the games that they want to continue playing or some of that consistency within the Pac-12. And they could also have that flexibility to go out and schedule games against some more high-profile teams, maybe some of the Blue Bloods. Um, or even, I mean, there's, there's talk about the SEC uh, just you know, on, on social media. Uh, I'm not sure how feasible that is or how well Oregon would necessarily fare in the SEC as it continues to load up or the Big 12 potentially. There's so many places this can go, but it seems after seeing USC and UCLA go to the Big 10 that that, that might be the most desirable outcome. I know for a fact, though, you cannot, cannot, cannot stay in the Pac-12. It is time to abandon ship and take everything with you, uh, even though they usually tell you to uh, you know just hop off and, and leave all your belongings behind. Um, that, that's what I think you got to do. So that's my first part of, of your, uh, of your question. I don't know if you wanted me to go into the, should they yet, or if you wanted to stay there and, and kind well, of I, I mean, I think you answered it there that you, you think it's time to jump ship. And I, I, I tend to agree because if the payouts you're getting from the conference and the national respect of the conference, uh, are both going to go down with USC and UCLA leaving, even if they're able to add schools and keep it as the PAC 12, I've seen uh, the old PAC 10 logo flying around on, on Twitter, which is uh, a nice fun little throwback for a lot of us out there. Cause I remember the days of the PAC 10. I'm not that young though. I'm also not that old. I don't remember the PAC eight. Uh, if, if for those of you wondering exactly how old I am, but I think for Oregon, th- there's, not really much of a of a bright path for it. There's a path if you stay in what we'll call for now the Pac-12 conference, right? Say, you know, these two schools leave and you add, I don't know, a couple Mountain West schools. Yeah, I mean, that that's still a conference that exists, but would it be considered Power 5 and get you the sort of respect and money that you're looking for? Yeah, my, my guess is probably not. However, the, the one option, I think there, there's one option, and I, I don't know 
if it could happen. It would take a lot of moving parts, right? Even less than, you know, two schools branching off from the conference to go to the Big Ten. But the, the one area where I think Klyovkov has to be at least uh, pondering to, to save the conference, so to speak, is do you call the Big 12 and say, do we need to form our own conference here? And, and though that would not be on par with what the Big Ten and SEC are able to provide from a, a, a depth standpoint, when you look at the programs that would then be a part of it and, and the member schools you would have, it would be a whole heck of a lot better than if you added a couple Mountain West schools to the current slate of you know uh, Pacific Coast Conference teams that, that would remain. You'd have uh, schools like Oklahoma State. You'd have schools like Baylor. Like th- there are some decent, respectable names. It's not the same, but I, I, I don't know if Klyovkov could make a better pitch than that. And that would also take a monumental amount of, of work. Now, he might have some time. But I don't know how much because all this stuff seems to be moving very, very quickly and and nobody wants to feel left behind. And based on the comments we've seen from Oregon right now, they appear to be pondering. I'm not reporting that. I'm speculating. They appear to be pondering based on the official comments that they've given to to media members, you know, saying there's nothing to report at this time. To me, that indicates they're looking at at going elsewhere and you got to move fast. Yeah, that's another dynamic here that seems so strange how fast they need to move, even though USC and UCLA aren't officially joining the Big Ten until 2024, which is two years from now. But in conference talk or in big picture thinking, like that is right around the corner. Yeah. So it, it does very much feel like Oregon is is in talks or in conversations to, to figure out what the next move is here. Um, and as well as the, the, the Pac-12. So I feel like all eyes really are on Oregon. And then I feel like what Oregon does is probably going to dictate what we end up seeing with whatever remains of, of the Pac-12. I do tend to think a little bit more along the lines of what you're saying um, in your last point that I think, although it might be more difficult, I think maybe a more feasible or better option for the Pac-12 is to maybe pursue a super merger with the Big Ten rather than trying to bring in some Mountain West schools to, to salvage an already sinking ship. Because I feel like no matter who you bring in, if you want to just stay the Pac-12, it's not going to get back up to the point that you had with with um, USC and UCLA. So that that's kind of my two cents on, on that as far as just staying in the Pac-12 or staying the Pac-12. So I feel like it'd be very difficult to do that kind of super merger, but it would also be pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah, I think that's, it still remains that, that all eyes are on Oregon. And I feel like that's the biggest domino uh, in this series of dominoes, if you want to call it, that that still needs to fall uh, as we wait to see kind of how the future looks in, in uh, college football and, and college athletics, particularly out West. Yeah, and it's just such a, it's such, as we've been saying, such a shocking and ground-shaking ground change. And I feel bad as a general Pac-12 fan. I mean, you know, I've grown up watching and loving the Ducks, of course. But, you know, I, I've grown accustomed to and, and enjoyed watching, you know, matchups with, with Pac-12 schools over the years. And, and it's just been, 
you know, part of, of my regular fall routine as a sports fan is like, when is this game? When is that game? Kind of know what to expect. We know that, you know, crazy things have always happened in the desert over the years. And uh, Stanford's had some wild endings as well. And, you know, what what's their future going to look like? And I, I think about it from uh, the point of view of some other fan bases. And I don't think Oregon has, you know, I understand if some Duck fans out there are mad, but we are far from being the school that, that is in the worst shape no matter what happens next. I mean, let's say, you know, there, there are three, well, uh, there are probably a dozen potential scenarios of where teams could go, how it could all play out. But no matter what, the Oregon football brand is still going to be pretty well established. And whatever conference they go to, at the very least, they'll be competitive, if not for conference championships. I, I saw something that pointed out that Oregon has won against each of their last or they have a win against every Big Ten opponent that they've played most recently because they beat uh, Ohio State. They haven't played Michigan since, what was it, 2006 with Dennis Dixon, 2006, 2007, somewhere in there, Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. Like, there's a whole list of them. So if Oregon were to end up in the Big Ten, it's not as if they would go there and just be, you know, uncompetitive. Like, I think UCLA could go to the Big Ten and never come that close to competing for a conference championship because there's so many teams in there and it would be difficult for anybody, but it would not be as hard for Oregon as it would be for some, some other programs as well. And Washington at their peak, I I think can be uh, at at or near that level. We we've seen that before, but I, I think about it from the point of view of some of the other fan bases. Like if let's say Oregon and Washington go to the big 10, I mean, I mean, that'll be it for the pack whatever conference, right? I mean, I, I don't see how it can survive at that point. And then what, what does Oregon State do? What, what does Washington State do? What do Cal and Stanford do, right? The Arizona schools would probably look to the Big 12 and they'd be okay. But I mean, those four schools who were part of the, the, the founding, in, they were for the founding institutions of the, PAC, uh, of the Pacific Coast Conference, the Pac-8 back in the day, Stanford feels like a school that could go independent and the other three, could they really be stuck going to the mountain West? Like, I I think that I'm not particularly worried about Oregon, you know, dropping off the face of the map or anything or recruiting, take a bit like, no, that, that sort of stuff is not what's going to change who we are playing and the conference we're in that that's, what's going to change there. But am I nuts for thinking that Oregon is not in the worst shape, no matter what happens but that not every school in the Pac-12 is is that fortunate. Yeah, I, I, I kind of communicated a, a similar sentiment in, in my uh, a piece that I wrote for Ducks Digest yesterday, just kind of about gathering my thoughts about how this move affects the Pac-12 and more specifically Oregon. I feel like Oregon fans, they, they can come off as spoiled sometimes, and I don't mean that to like antagonize them at all, but you know, as great as the the football program has been doing, and I even come off like this sometimes, like I feel like they need to take that next step. And that next step for them is, is kind of delayed and could kind of get a wrench thrown in it after this coaching transition. Um, I say they can come off like that sometimes, but that's to your point. Like I was saying, Oregon is in a much more fortunate spot right now than a majority of the remainder of the Pac-12 because of the significance that they hold, the the, the what that O means. The, the previous coaching staff and, and this staff have, have echoed a similar sentiment. You go anywhere in the country, everybody knows that, oh, and that's not the same thing you can say about some of these smaller schools like Colorado, like like yep. Washington State. Um, you know, no discredit to them, but they, they just aren't on the same level overall as Oregon is 
when it comes to the national conversation and honestly the 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 money market value which is again a central piece of this discussion and and what is ultimately going to happen with the remainder of these schools i feel like the pecking order is going to come back to money more or less and then location as well i think so i feel like even though it seems like a chaotic time and and that's exactly what it is uh, i feel like oregon has you know more ammo than uh, some of these other schools um, because another point that is probably relevant here is that when you talk about Oregon, obviously people are talking about football. It's, it's also known as track town USA, but let's be honest. It's a it, track. Isn't, isn't, uh, as talked it's about, a it's as, a non-revenue sport or as popular in, in terms of college athletics compared to, to your football and your college basketball. But I say all that to say that Oregon isn't necessarily a, a bottom feeder in the other sports. Like they're, they're, they field competitive teams across any sport that you have uh, on a yearly basis, which, which means I think that kind of sets a higher floor uh, for, for them than maybe some of these other schools that are kind of scrambling for options right now. Yeah. It's just, it's just so, it's just so fascinating. And if we sound, you know, kind of caught off guard and not entirely sure how, how to feel it's because we <laughs> are like, this is just so, I mean, this is the biggest piece of news in college football in pr- probably since the playoff. I, I think probably since the playoff, this is the biggest news, and it is more because of the you know geography that that we were talking about earlier in the show today, more impactful on a national scale than uh, than Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC because it just feels like you're accelerating the bus forward for something that has been talked about kind of in the abstract from time to time here and there, but never significantly. But now the idea of, do you need to just go to, you know, two major conferences or, or something like, is it just going to be two big ones or three big ones? Are you going to go away from the power five? Like that feels a lot closer. I mean, a lot closer than it did literally one week ago. One week ago, as this episode is dropping, this is on uh, July 4th, happy Independence Day, everybody, but a week ago, this was not on anybody's radar, and now it just has this completely different feel uh, across the entire sport. Well, here, here's another question that we could throw into the mix here that it might just explode the podcast, but... Is this an a, a, an indication that college football needs to separate from the NCAA? Like it's it's grown into that big of a thing. I'm not saying that's necessarily my take, but I think it's certainly worth a, a conversation because that's what's driving uh, the money and and the markets and college athletics, um, that and college basketball. But uh, college football reigns king, so. I think it's it's something that is is kind of inching more and more in, into the discussion. I don't know if that's the healthy thing to do, but um, you know we're, we're seeing how much the college football landscape is is changing and and how quickly. Um, I don't know if separating from the NCAA right now would make sense as we're kind of heading towards two super conferences right now with with the Big Ten and the SEC. Um, but man, it's just college football is just this giant and. It's maybe this is a result of the the poor control from the NCAA, and then obviously you can turn to the Pac-12 and and, and Larry Scott just uh, um, botching so many aspects of the conference that that have kind of led to this move, and and other conferences viewing the Pac-12 as vulnerable, not just on the field, but clearly at the highest levels now. 
Yeah, and I, I keep forgetting to come back to a point or that you that you referenced earlier. Uh, you, you said something about the idea of Oregon being an independent, right? I mm-hmm. I, I, don't know I can't if that's the way to go. But. Yeah, I, I don't think so. They don't feel like an independent school. Stanford does. St- Stanford, to me, if the Pac-12 were to go away, Stanford could become an independent. I totally see that. Um, I, I like that makes a lot of sense, honestly. Oregon, I don't think it makes any sense a- at all. And, you know, the idea of only get, I don't think you can just get one, right? You can't have conference realignment in odd numbers. That's why Oklahoma went with Texas, why USC went with UCLA. You know, if Oregon were to do this, I think it would have to be with Washington because of uh, both the TV market that, that the Seattle area represents and, and just from a you know national recognition standpoint, Oregon and Washington are just much bigger than than their in-state rivals but you know something else i just thought of like what if oregon were to leave what would happen to what would happen to those rivalries like would they would they stay i mean if oregon and washington go together then they would continue playing one another of course you would keep that but would oregon and oregon state only play once every four or five i mean that's on that's a very real thing that that could happen if oregon were to move conferences and that's almost unimaginable as a Pacific Northwest college football fan. Like you look forward to that day every year. You put bragging rights on the line and jabs at your friends who are fans of the other team every single year. And you're telling me that that could be, you know, only something that exists in a non-conference schedule. I mean, I just, I, I literally hadn't thought of that until this very moment. And there's just... Man, it's just it's wild. It's just absolutely wild. Absolutely wild. Like, what does a college football season look like for Oregon when you don't play Oregon State? What does that What does that feel like? What does yeah. that look like? Well, I, I feel like that was one of the points that I, I maybe didn't uh, bring up as much as I wanted to with the independent option. I thought that that was kind of a, an appealing aspect of the independent route because it gives you some some of that scheduling flexibility. And I think that you can work to maintain those rivalries if, if you are an independent because you can more or less pick and choose or be a little bit more selective with your schedule. You don't have to, quote unquote, waste a game on Colorado or Washington State. You can instead prioritize playing the Beavs or playing uh, Washington or playing USC. Um, but it's it's another aspect that makes this really complicated because as people were kind of talking about with UCLA leaving, them being a public UC institution, we're kind of maybe going to see some of that, uh, I don't know, um, you know, gridlock or, you know, tension with, with Oregon and Oregon State, because those are both public universities that I'm sure the uh, the state of Oregon doesn't want to let go of. And I don't necessarily think that whatever happens, that might be the reality, but it's something to consider in terms of, of what's going to complicate the, this move. Um, and you could also lump Cal into that conversation with, with whatever their future fate is. Um, and again, that goes to your point about why it makes sense to move in pairs or at least even numbers. And it feels like, especially because of geography, that Cal and Stanford could uh, potentially become attached at the hip. Yeah, you just have to have that school that, that you can you know move with that feels like is relatively on your level and makes sense uh, from a, a travel partner sense as well uh we'll we'll leave it there for today there's obviously a ton to cover with this again we're recording on uh friday this is monday's episode so if there have been new developments that you know nullify anything we've said here 
that's the way this works now. Um, I, I can't imagine there could be anything, but I couldn't imagine a few days ago we'd be talking about this right now. Uh, his name is Max Torres at M Torres Sports on Twitter. He covers Oregon for SI and hosts the Ducks Dish podcast. It is good to talk to you as always, my friend, and uh, we will continue to do it soon because, uh, like I like I said earlier. This thing is like a hydra. You cut off one talking point or area of thought, and then two more take its place, and you gotta get into those. So, uh, we will we will continue to talk about this uh, ever evolving landscape of college football. Good to talk to you, man. Appreciate you having me on, Spencer. Always great conversation. We'll we'll see if the madness continues. How it continues. However it continues, we will be covering it here, which is why you should like and subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.